Hello and welcome to Just Plain Sense, the Equality and Diversity Podcast. Hello again, I'm Christine Burns. The recent Ada Lovelace Day blogging event raised important points about the challenges of getting more young women and girls hooked on technology subjects and dealing with the barriers which may cause some of them to fall by the wayside. In this episode, I've come to the Electrical Engineering Department at Leeds University for an event organised by the Women's Special Interest Group of the British Computer Society. The event's called the Ada Lovelace Colloquium, and with me to talk about it is Hannah D. First, Hannah, what's it all about? The Lovelace Colloquium is a one-day event which is a national event, and the aim is to bring together women in computing from across the UK and give them an opportunity to talk to each other, to talk about their own work, but perhaps more importantly, to put in front of them some very um, high-profile and some very inspirational women speakers. So all of the spe- speakers nearly are women, and all of the, most of the attendees are women. We get a couple of men come along, lecturers who are interested. Uh, this, this year we've got the president of the British Computer Society. But mostly it's putting together a, a largely f- female space for people to talk to each other and talk about their work. Is this the first one of its kind? No, we did the first one last year, which was also in Leeds. Um, I, I set it up myself because I'd been to a postgrad event, which I thought was really very, in, very good fun, very inspirational. The first thing that got me involved in the British Computer Society because I thought it was really useful to, that they were doing these sorts of things. And I thought, that's very well, but actually postgrads quite often get to go to conferences and they quite often get to talk about their work. But with undergrads, it's a, it's, it's a very rare thing for them. And it's really nice to bring them together, really nice to give them the opportunity and you've got about 70 or 80 people here today. Yeah, we had 85 signed up, and I think we've had about 75 show. So it's a good, it's a good sort of critical mass, as it were. And it, you wouldn't, well, I suppose, in the podcast you might hear some of the background noise, but 75 women computer scientists in a room can make <laughs> quite a lot of noise, which is great. Why is it important to bring people together in, in this way, though, and, and, and to, to tackle these issues? Um, well, the, uh, the, the Lovelace Colloquium last year, which was the first one of its kind, um, two girls came, I think they came from Glasgow, but it doesn't really matter where they came from. The, the important thing is that, that these, these two girls had come from the same university and they were obviously best friends and got talking to them and wondering how two people who looked so different could actually be best mates because one of them was a small, mousy little English girl and one of them was um, a very confident woman from, um, I think she was Turkish or maybe somewhere else. Anyway, they, they, you wouldn't imagine these people to be best friends. And he got chatting and it turned out they were the only two women in their department. So every time there was group work, every time that, they spoke to each other. And the, the effect on them of seeing lots of other women also interested in computing and being able to talk about geeky stuff with other women was really important. And just to see that you're not the only one or two people in your department. And it's great to just give people that opportunity to do the networking for themselves. And what sort of outcomes are you hoping for from today? Well, I think um, for these girls to go back to their departments enthused, to go back realising that computing is a good career for women, it's an interesting career for anyone, but it's important that they can see that there are successful women in computing and that they can be one of those people. It's important to have the role models there. I spoke to some of the delegates whilst they waited for the proceedings to begin. I asked them about their expectations. 
I don't know, really know. I mean, I came last year before I'd actually started studying, sort of sneaked in through the back door. And I was very shy and didn't really talk to very many people, but I found it really interesting. So this time I hope to network with lots of people and actually talk to people about what I'm doing because I'm a bit more confident in it, I think. Um, to meet a lot of people from the women from the computer industry and... Um, and also a lot of undergraduate students and just see the different ideas that are out there. Brilliant. You? Uh, well, uh, nobody from Bath, uh, uh, no academic from Bath has been here before. So uh, I wanted to come to see how it is so that I can help to inform uh, other potential students who might potentially want to come here in future. I can tell them in more detail what actually goes on and how it works. So I just want to see how it works. Brilliant. Can I just quick, quick will you whistle round and actually ask what your expectations are for today? Um, just listening to some great talks and meeting some great people. Meeting people, interesting people, yeah, and have feedback from those people. The colloquium began with an introduction from the president of the British Computer Society, Alan Pollard. He had a very clear message. I'm here because I want to send a message out uh, to you and to anybody else who wants to listen that women matter. And it's not just that. Uh, Young women, new entrants to our profession, they matter. And they matter a lot. Whereas the last century was very much about designing and developing the technology, making computers and making them work and improving day by day, uh, this century, really, the accent is what on what you do with technology. It's the application of technology. There's actually another significant reason why I wanted to be here. Uh, And I preface this by hoping that it doesn't sound patronising because it's not intended to be. But it's the reason why I think women matter. And that is that, um, and those of you who, who think that I'm just saying this to this audience can look in the Times and actually wrote in the Times about this not so long ago. Uh, anybody who's actually seen the letter uh, in response to somebody else saying hand it all over to universities and there won't be any problems in IT. Uh, and I said, of course there will be. You'll have, perfect, you'll have perfect software, you'll have perfect programming, perfect technology and everything else. But it isn't technology that makes IT systems go wrong. It's actually how you, how you apply them, what you do with them. It, all of those other things, uh, such as the business decisions, the funding the way objectives are actually set, the pure practicalities of making a computer system work because you haven't actually thought about the ergonomics about it. Uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the softer issues, the HR issues, the personnel issues, these are the things that matter. And I happen to feel that women are far more attuned to those. I'm not saying I want to keep you out of the technology um, laboratory, but I do believe that women are far more attuned to those than so many men are. I know that men don't have um, a, a uh, prerogative in terms of sensible decisions. Right? We make good decisions, certainly, but they're not tempered by practicality. And I do believe that that is something that you ladies can actually bring. I spoke to Alan in the break and I asked him what proportion of BCS members are women. Um, currently, approximately 25%, um, which is which is not many. Um, in fact, if you look at the um, 
proportion of women who are uh, within our chartered IT professional grades, in other words, the, the, the top of the professional grades, um, that's a, that about reflects the same. Um, it's, on the, it's on the increase, uh, not as much as we probably like to. Um, what's more interesting, actually, is the number of women who are active participants in what a lot of the BCS activities. Mm-hmm. And like this one. Like this one, like a lot of our groups. Um, and uh, I'm not quite sure why that is, whether, whether women tend to be more drawn towards a show, social type gathering or whatever. I'm not sure, but um, uh, we do have quite a lot of women who, who are prime movers in some of our group activities. Do you, do you have any sort of target for where you'd like to get to in terms of, of women membership and women in the industry? Um, well, as far as the industry is concerned, I think uh, what everybody should strive for is a, is a proper balance. Um, and I think balance is the important thing. I don't think that the, the proportions uh, of uh, women to men uh, in industry or any job are as critical as the application of the right level of skills. And there's no doubt that there may be some jobs that are you know, better fitted for men to discharge, not necessarily in IT, but right across the spectrum. Uh, I think that in IT, uh, the reverse is true. And as I said in my talk, I think that actually uh, we don't make enough use of women in IT because I think IT today is, n- is not just about technology. Uh, and that's really was sort of one of the critical messages I wanted to put across. So much of it's about application. It's about application. It's about what you do with the technology and how you make it work, how you make it sing, how you make it you know, really respond to what you and I want to do out of it. All too often, if you develop something, it can be fairly, um, it can be fairly sterile because it doesn't match how you and I operate or work at home or in the office or shopping or whatever. Uh, and that's what I think um, that sort of bring a more of a human dimension, which I think is what women can bring. The keynote address was delivered by Gillian Arnold, a manager at IPM. You can see part of Gillian's speech in the video collection which complements this podcast. I wanted a view, though, on why relatively few women pursue IT careers. Oh, over the years, IT has been seen as a geeky industry. It's been seen as the industry where the fella sits late into the night with a box of half-eaten pizza and a a can of coke and he types away and he's solitary and he's lonely and I don't think people, women particularly really understand how varied careers they could have and how their skills are needed and that isn't the only role inside of IT there's so much else you could do and comm skills which women are so good at are just so key So, So why do you think they should think again? Uh, I think they should think again because it's an exciting, it's a fabulous, fabulous career. I've loved every minute of my career and there's so much they could do. They have to, have to come and experience it. It's like must be seen. What are the big companies doing to redress the gender balance? Many of the big companies have now got um, significant gender diversity initiatives, so they'll work on flexible working options so that as women go through um, pregnancy and motherhood, then they, they don't damage their careers. 
Companies will track where women are in their careers and make sure there's progress happening. Companies will make the most of their training options because women like to be trained. So the good and ethical and just companies are really, really putting an effort into this. And apart from ethics and being just, what, what's the other imperative or are there any other imperatives for them to take this seriously? Absolutely. The business case for diversity is really clear and there's more and more work being done, more and more research papers like the McKinsey uh, Women Matter papers which say that if you get it right and if you get a good balance of women and men in your company then it hits the bottom line. It's good for the bottom line. More profits, more earnings, more more share price increases. It's worth it at every stage. Happier employees. How did you come to be doing the job you do? Oh, my dad made me take a typing typing course. I hated him for <laughs> it. I hated him. And uh, I was going to... Um, I came to London. I went to London as a teenager and, uh, and started going for jobs... As, as a secretary and the man at Dixon's when I went for a job as his secretary said you're too clever for this go to this agency they're looking for IT operations people and they'll find you a job I couldn't think of anything more exciting than working nights oh it was fabulous and what's the best bit about your job? oh my job now I really like the technology. I really like the intellectual stimulation. I like to think that I'm brainy enough to understand all of the servers and all of the storage, <laughs> even if these days it's at, at quite a high level. I do understand it, and that's fabulous. Julian Arnold from IBM there. Now, Dr Julie Greensmith does research in the impressively titled Thrill Laboratory at Nottingham University. The role means that she gets to indulge her love of roller coasters as serious science. Her presentation dispelled any idea that technology need be at all boring. I asked her to explain what she does. I um, try and design and build adaptive roller coasters, which adapt based on how people feel about riding experiences. So you ride roller coasters for a living? Yes, I ride roller coasters for a living, but I do do science at the same time, honestly. <laughs> Do, do people get surprised when you explain what you do? Yes, I do, but they also get quite excited about it because it's it's a kind of application of computer science which many people can relate to. Because we think of doing science as being something frightfully boring and staid. Exactly, exactly, but it's not. It can be a lot of fun if you make it. And, and what sort of disciplines does it bring in? It brings in um, all of the computational sciences, including algorithm development, human-computer interaction, engineering to actually develop the rides, um, biology and biomedical sciences, understanding how people feel, psychology to find how people have felt about an experience. So it really does span a lot of disciplines and it, the Thrill Laboratory, which we work under, aims to bring them all together. Okay. And Do you think there's anything that you, being a woman brings to what you do? Well, for starters, they have to have me on their team when they do field work because we need a woman in order to strap up women. But apart from that, um, I think it is, I think it is important because I think women do have emotional intelligence, and I think working on a problem which does involve emotions, I think it is a bit of an advantage being a woman as well. And also, it's nice leading a team of twenty men. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, what's what's the big outcomes from what you do? The big outcomes, um, the development of adaptive entertainment 
whether that be roller coasters, whether that be um, movies, whether that be experiences or art in general. Um, just improving, um, improving fun for people through the use and appropriate use of technology. What better job to have? Yeah. More fun for everybody. More fun for everybody. And why is that bad for science to achieve? During the lunch break, I spoke to one of Hannah's academic colleagues at Leeds University about the day's event. I let her introduce herself. Uh, I'm Jill Duggleby and I'm a teaching fellow in the School of Computing. And, and Jill, what, what do you think, how, how do you think the event is going so far? Oh, I think it's wonderful, I love it. I think it's wonderful. There should be more undergrads here from different universities. I think it's inspiring to listen to some of these women and what they're saying, especially people like Jill who works at IBM and that girl who's doing the research into the thrill. inspiration. Yeah. Thrill. <laughs> Absolutely, who'd ever thought of that? Who'd ever thought that you could do something like that? In fact, I wish I'd have brought my diamond too. (laughs) I wish I'd have brought my daughter now. Show her. I think you should open it up as if I'd have brought my daughter to show her. Listen, this is what this is what people can do. This is what women can do. Because she's only eight, seventeen, and I think what inspiration is these people. Do you think that's one of the reasons why more women and, and, and young girls don't don't think of taking technology careers? Do, they don't yeah. understand that it can be such no, such fun. They do. They just think it's they see it in school, don't they? It's IT. And what's IT? And the boys all crowd onto the yeah. keyboard. And they all see. My daughter does. She loves it. She's very she's very geeky girl, but she doesn't see. She sees it as oh IT. She doesn't see this, the bigger picture. I mean, you know, I try to show her, but. All these other things that you can do, like all women that are into like neuroscience and all the medical imaging, and we should get more people here to talk. It's, it's all about is. the applications of technology, it is. isn't it? I think it is, yeah. It's not just about, well, I'm doing a degree in computer science. Well, what can I do with that degree in computer science? And these people show you what's out there, not just, I think it's, yeah. And it's not technology for its own sake? No, it's not. No, definitely not. Jill Duggar was speaking. Well, the whole day was packed with inspirational examples. Eileen Brown gave an insight into her work as an evangelist for unified communications at Microsoft. Professor Cornelia Boldreff talked about collaborative work contributing to the Global One Laptop Per Child project. Karen Gronlink talked about mobile interface design in Google. Again, you can see excerpts from some of these presentations in the accompanying video gallery. These women, mostly very senior, worked in very different areas. They're distinctly different people, yet they all displayed clear passion for what they do and were keen to share that with the audience of undergraduate women. As the day drew to a close, I asked some of those women what they felt they'd got out of the day. Yeah, it was really interesting hearing from people who worked at Google and things like that, because it's sort of area, it, it seems like it's out of reach, but when you actually speak to people, and you learn what they expect and things like that. Brilliant. Penny, what did you get out of today? I met lots of really, really amazing people and people who I never met before gave me really useful tips on stuff that's related to the thing my poster was about that I can now go and research, which is brilliant because there's loads of stuff I didn't know about. And you won a prize? I did win a prize and that was fantastic. So thank you to people who voted me for that one. Can I ask you what you feel you got out of today? Um, 
Well, I'm, I'm not an undergraduate student, I'm a lecturer, so I work with students and I came, this is my second year, I came last year and I found it very, very inspirational, so I think that's my injection for confidence and inspiration, I come for that. But I also was very pleased to see that uh, my students came, so my master's students, my PhD students came here today and I talked to them and they really enjoyed it. And lastly, I caught up again with an exhausted Hannah D. How's the day been? I think it's been very good, actually. Um, a real, you get a real buzz off the, just the enthusiasm of the students, and I think it's gone really well. Um, I'm quite looking forward to going to the union now where we've got the beer and the cake, because I think I deserve a beer and a cake after today's running around. But it's good, yeah. And next year? Uh, next year it's going to be in Cardiff. It's going to be organised by Mickey Burgess, um, who's uh, a lecturer there. And she's great. She's going to do a fine job. And I think Cardiff's a great city to host it. And um, I don't know about the year after, but we've just had chats with someone from Birmingham who's interested in hosting it there. Uh, so I think it's a, an, a, a, an event that's going to continue, which is great. I said it going, did it for two years, and now I'm passing on the baton to Mickey. And hopefully it'll go on forever. And you've earned your beer and cake. Yes. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Just Plain Sense. If you'd like to hear more programmes about all aspects of equality and diversity, then visit the website. That's podcast.plain-sense.co.uk. And there'll be another episode soon. For now, though, it's goodbye and thank you for listening. Just Plain Sense is a Plain Sense Limited production. Bye.